Gobble, gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble, gobble. That's my impression of a turkey. As it is Thanksgiving week. Crazy that we're already here. But before we get into the turkey, the cheesy potatoes, the stuffing, all the good stuff, keep it in 94 is here. Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz. Another episode brought to you by, of course, the basketballnews.com podcast network. Missed a little bit of action over the weekend. There were some crazy looking almost brawls, some blood. The King is suspended for a game. Isaiah Stewart is suspended for two. We'll dive into that just a little bit since it is a little bit kind of old news, but I will say a lot of good reaction from it, especially on basketballnews.com. Tom Thomas talked to Isaiah Stewart's former coach, Mike Hopkins, about the incident. There's a lot of stuff about why was LeBron suspended in the first place for playing one only one game only a year at MSG, which obviously... Uh, has some merit to it, but, I mean, you just can't make exceptions to the rule. As far as in-game action goes, had a nice nail-biter last night at Salt Lake City. The Grizzlies pulling it off thanks to some late-game heroics from Jaron Jackson Jr. Having a hell of a November, folks. Grizzlies still can't defend anything right now, but huge win on the road to get their mojo back a little bit, especially after that embarrassing, embarrassing defeat to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wolves have also won four in a row. I'm just rambling at this point because uh, a lot's happening. Um, Some fortunes have been swayed a little bit, flipped upside down. At the end of the day, the Warriors and the Suns are still uh, kings of the league at the moment. Uh, Brooklyn, not too far behind. So uh, that, that right now, I think, is your pecking order in the association. What's up, Brian? I think the big question is, how are you doing after a fun-filled weekend where you were traveling on the road and enjoying some of the other favorite teams, having fun with some friends, enjoying some football? It was a big uh, football weekend for you. It was. It was uh, very tiring, very tiring. I mean, you go to Columbus uh, Friday night. uh, You drive back from Columbus Saturday evening after the Buckeyes absolutely waxed to the Michigan State Spartans. Did you see that coming? I mean, you're going to root for your team, obviously, but did you see that coming? I didn't see that coming. I was very happy to witness history, but damn. (laughs) That's all I had to say about that. Damn. Uh, Very, very happy drive home uh, for for all of us. And, you know, uh, Saturday and Sunday uh, evening and, and slash morning celebrating a friend's 30th birthday. Uh, you know, capping it off with a thrilling Browns victory over the winless Lions. Uh, That's one way to put 10. it. Thrilling. Very thrilling, thrilling. Uh, At least your team but, beat the Lions. My team is going to lose to the Lions on Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. Very fun. Very fun. My, uh, <laughs> conflicting reports about Matt and Heggie having to coach one more game before he gets thrown out. Of uh, the can window, we can but... we go back in time and have him not coach? I don't know, like the last thirty games. That'd be nice. <laughs> By the way, I will represent upper management of basketballnews.com on on this one beef that we have with you, because somebody went to college game day on Saturday morning, had a part to be on national television, and one did not take a 
banner with any kind of signage and didn't make any kind of sign to promote the website on TV. There was oh. nothing. I did not see basketballnews.com promoted in any which way on ESPN uh, as part of college game day. We're, we're all disappointed in you, Spence. I blame I blame all the little kids with the cute signs and the yeah. cute outfits on. You know, I was at the guardrail. I was at the guardrail. The hard cam was coming right on through. It, it was right there. The, 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 the opportunity was for the taking. I should have uh, thought in better conscience about uh, the superior brand in the basketball world here. Uh, of course, at BBN, where we love to uh, put our work out and um, show off a little bit. Uh, that was I, that was my fault. I'll give you a little uh, coverage here. I guarantee if you had that sign, they would not have shown you. They might have confiscate, confiscated it. They, By the way, they, it was funny seeing some signs get confiscated. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It was really funny seeing some signs get confiscated. There's always. There's like a certain line you can push, and then that's about it. They're like, all oh, right, that's that's over the line. We can't do that. <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do that. This isn't freaking WWE Raw, okay? <laughs> <laughs> from 1997 <laughs> yeah yeah and no one's bum rushing the uh the stage trying to take out oh, the Corso either <laughs> geez what a what a tangent that is for anybody that doesn't know uh for all your wrestling fans out there watching raw on monday night a fan literally jumped the rail and ran down the ramp and tackled literally tackled seth rollins before security got to him which was Frightening for Seth. Luckily, he's okay, and the fans lucky he didn't get his head kicked off. Oh yeah, no question, no question. Don't try that at an NBA game either, because those guys won't be afraid to swing. <laughs> no, they'll go Isaiah Stewart on you. That's they a segue will. right there. That's Perfect a segue. segue. Perfect segue. Like I said, like I said in the intro too. I, I don't want to dive deep too into it because you know it's been about 48, 72 hours since it actually occurred. Uh, but long story short, box outs happening. Jeremy Grant's the free throw line. Uh, here's Isaiah Stewart and LeBron at the charity stripe. Um, you know, it, it's a close game at this point, by the way. Um, LeBron uh, seems to have, it, it was a closed slash open fist. Like when you look at the replay, it's like it was closed, but it was open at the end or something. But he gets Isaiah Stewart, like the right side of the face, kind of the jaw area. And what happens after is interesting because Isaiah Stewart starts bleeding you know, he's getting, you know, kind of escorted off the the court after the two of them are doing the shoving match. Um, you know, Russell Westbrook puts his, his dukes up a little bit. Nothing happens out of that. Still gets a tech. That was actually really another funny moment <laughs> in, in a press conference. But Isaiah Stewart's getting, uh, you know, taken off the floor. And then he's going to try to trick the staff, the, the whatever, training staff, the, the security guards, tricks them goes around the bend. People are actually trying to hold this dude back, and he is just bowling through him like he's Mike Allstott or Adrian Peterson, just going into the goal line. Um, and he's actually charging towards LeBron. And by the way, uh, a part of this that's not getting talked about enough is Cade Cunningham playing incredible perimeter defense on his own teammate, uh, keeping him away from LeBron James by just shuffling his feet and staying in front of the kid. But I mean, that was incredible to watch a rookie have that much poise to say, dude, you've got to calm down because like you said, like Stewart was upset and rightfully so in the moment, like the second that it happened and everything, he got LeBron's face. They, they got pulled apart or whatever, but what took it to another level is once he realized he was bleeding. And I think once it got on his mouth, 
because he was you it i don't think he realized he was bleeding at first but like once he did that's when he went nuts and like you said he went around there was another part where it looked like he calmed down and then he was like oh no i'm going for him again and i mean no, it was when he he got back he was already in the backstage area. He's like, I'm cool. I'm cool. And then you just see him book it like he's behind into the, the locker room area where he's trying to go around the tunnel. It was incredible, man. I mean, that was, it was. that was a wild scene. And so I had some friends of mine talking about like, oh, you know, look at what happened with LeBron, you know, didn't want to fight. And I'm like, wait a second. Okay. For anybody that wants to go that route, like, oh, oh, and the Lakers had to have everybody stand in front of him. Okay. Number one, it's natural for everybody to step up for your teammate. Two, in the moment when it first happened, LeBron was standing right there with him. Did he want to fight? No, that's not going to help anything to fight, okay? Once Stewart came charging at him later, yeah, DeAndre Jordan and Anthony Davis and all of these other guys were going to stand in the way of LeBron because they're going to stand up for their teammate but it does not help the league to, to sit there and say, hey, let's let this guy get to one of the, the premier stars in our league and make this even worse. You know, let him get his hands on this dude or let him get to him. Not that LeBron wasn't going to defend himself, but I mean, it was just it was just a mess. It was a no win situation at that point. It was already looking bad. And luckily, it didn't get any worse than it was because, I mean, there was already, you know, bodies you know, fallen before that. It was already an ugly scene and it could have been a hell of a lot worse if it wasn't for some people, including Cade Cunningham, like you mentioned. And and that's the, the other crazy part is if you look at uh, the, 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 the rollback footage, there was actually a, a fan on the, the sideline. He's either a fan or, or maybe one of the security or whatever, but it looked like someone was about to pull a weapon. I was like, oh my God. Um, yeah. You know, and, but and, yeah, that, that was probably you know a good thing that the things got you know settled down a little bit the suspensions that came out of it like we said lebron james not gonna play at madison square garden in his only appearance in new york um at least new york city the entire year which probably is gonna anger a lot of those uh knicks fans that you know, bought tickets to see lebron james but you know what um they can always probably go over to to brooklyn and i mean that shouldn't be that hard of a trip right. <laughs> you know like he's well, you, probably you, gonna play in brooklyn yeah. And you know what? You got to be fair about this. And I understand it's his one trip to Madison Square Garden per year, but I'm like, you can't just say, well, we're going to suspend him, but not for this game. It's going to be the game after. It's just like, no, it's, you have to suspend him for this game. I, I, without, you know, looking too far back on this and reliving the whole thing, but I've seen some people in the moment, like right afterwards say, well, LeBron did this on purpose because of frustration. I don't agree with that. I don't, I think obviously LeBron was very frustrated about speculating intent gets no one anywhere. Right. But like, the whole thing, like he meant to hit him. I was like, I think he got, I think that he was frustrated where the team was. Cause in the moment they were down double digits, you know, in the third quarter, I think LeBron is frustrated about where the Lakers season is going. And in the moment, he's got this big dude jockeying with him to get a free throw. And LeBron probably thinks he's being a little bit too aggressive in the moment. And he, all of this just becomes emotional. He's human. And he jerks his arm back, you know, like, get off me, because their arms got entangled a little bit. And in that moment, he hit him. 
He didn't mean to hit him, but regardless, he hit him. He so you think he was have. just trying to brush him off? I think he was. I think he just got frustrated that he was like, man, this dude is going after me on a freaking free throw here, you know, and their arms got entangled. And I think he just pulled his arm really hard. And when he did that, you know, his elbow clipped him in the face and then his hand hit him in the face as well. And you know what? That's how these things happen, though. It's LeBron's fault. It's absolutely LeBron's fault. But I don't think he did it on purpose. I've, he's never been a dirty guy. He's never been somebody to go after someone, you know, and hit him on purpose, you know. So that that part of the, the conversation, I think, is ridiculous. But he's still at fault here for the contact. And then Stewart is at fault for going crazy afterwards. Yes. And but conversely, I did want to mention this. So Etan Thomas called up uh, Isaiah Stewart's college coach, Mike Hopkins. And spoke to him about this this incident and how uh, a lot of the you know pundits and national media, uh, because it was an incident involving him and LeBron James, that automatically this is going to be you know a uh, you know a, a mark on in the rest of his career, uh, being known as a hothead or something like that. Um, but this is just kind of an in the moment thing, uh, and you know that's obviously what athletes you know they can't be robots. They are yeah. absolutely you know people with emotions and. Um, you know, in the heat of that moment, he felt like he was disrespected. I mean, even if no one knows what the intent was, or if there even was an intent, uh, you get hit in the face, you're going to be pissed. Oh, absolutely. And and especially once the blood is blowing off your face, you know, Uh, you know what I compare this to, and you'll know this. What was it? A couple of years ago when Miles Garrett of the Browns, like one of the nicest upstanding citizens, but just blacked out. He is blacked (laughs) out. It was, it was, was it Roethlisberger that he, no, 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 Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph. Oh, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I thought it was the Steelers. But yeah, he just, he took Mason Rudolph down. He was frustrated in a moment and he went overboard. Yeah, he snapped. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's totally out of character for him. So I'm not justifying it, but I'm saying, unfortunately, it happens. And it's not like it's a, oh, well, he's a bad egg. Because since then, I haven't heard anything bad about Miles other than the only thing you hear about is, He's a really, really good player, and he really regrets that moment. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And you, you said that was a segue into this segment. Now I'm think this is going to be a good segue into another segment because with the Lakers not having LeBron James going into Madison Square Garden, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for his teammates. Uh, and no, this this Knicks team right now is is struggling. Uh, R.J. Barrett is struggling. Their their starting lineup is struggling. So this is an opportunity for the Lakers to, you know, build some momentum off of that win in Detroit, no matter how ugly it was, um, to go into New York and, and try to come out with a win. So we look at over our friends here at Prize Picks, and there are some numbers that really stood out to me, especially on a Taco Tuesday, which apparently is usually reserved for LeBron. But it's it's for whoever they the want. But one. Yeah, but LeBron is known for it the best. So sometimes they put the taco on him. But it's the prize picks taco. So it is Taco Tuesday, and that means they give you a um, a discounted player projection, and that discount went to Carmelo Anthony. So he was at fourteen and a half, and they dropped it to eleven and a half for Melo. Had to take it. Had to take turning the Madison Square Garden. Are you kidding me? That's free money right there. That's free money. I mean, you're thinking this this dude's not gonna at least get, you know, five, six catch shoot opportunities for one. And two, he's gonna be putting it on the floor a little bit more. You know, I'm thinking an uptick in stats for 
you know, Russell Westbrook, who takes on more of the load as, as an offensive player. Um, you know, Anthony Davis obviously always gets an uptake in this, in this situation. I know you like Taylor Horton Tucker in this situation. Um, so we've, we've kind of put our heads together uh, before the show on what our, our play is going to be tonight. Uh, not just with the Lakers game and with the, the, you know, the Knicks, um, you know, that whole thing, but uh, there's, there's three other games on the slate. It's only a four game slate tonight, but uh, there were a few picks that we did like. And uh, just as a reminder, and remember this because, you know, prize picks is the place where, where it's at uh, in this situation, but any of your deposits, they will match up. If you use the promo code news, they will match up to $100 uh, on an instant deposit match matched up to hundred dollars. Like I said, hundred percent instant deposit matched up to hundred dollars promo code news on prize picks. So Fire it off, Brian. We, we put our heads together a little bit here. And I know last week you said you had a little bit of success on these player props. So, Right, I did. I, we did not when we made our picks on the podcast last week. Was Kevin Durant Kev- didn't make one three. If he, it, he, didn't, he didn't. Sorry. No, he needed to make one more three. One more. He, That's he, all we needed. We picked him for over two and a half and he hit two. And he had an opportunity in the corner against the Cavs that rattled yeah. in and out. Right. But then the next day I did four picks and I did a four pick power play. So if you do a power play, you got to get all of the picks, but you can get 10 times the amount. And I hit on a, on a, on a power play. And then uh, just a couple of days ago, I played again and I did a power play and I hit on three. And then another one was a push. So I still got money. I got five times. So I still hit on that one, but the ones that we have for tonight for Tuesday night. So we have Carmelo Anthony with the taco on over 11 and a half points. I like Taylor Horton Tucker with LeBron out of the lineup at over 14 and a half. Damian Lillard, who is back to being Dame over 23 and a half against the Denver Nuggets. The reigning Western conference player of the week, Damian Lillard. He went 22 of 22 from the free throw line. He was averaging over 28 a game. Dame looks like he's back. He just dropped 39 points uh, the other night. So who maybe, maybe we're seeing something here. Maybe. maybe something and, here. and then for the last one, I took bam out of bio under 10 rebounds. So that, that's, that's interesting because over the last three games, I believe he has not gotten 10 rebounds. So Brian right. seeing this continue and maybe who knows the way that the Pistons have been playing. Yes. Cade Cunningham has Really stepped up. You know, he got his first triple-double only in his 11th career game. But maybe this isn't a close game, so maybe Bam doesn't have the opportunity to take down a lot of those boards. And That's maybe what Jimmy I'm thinking, Butler, yeah. some gang rebounding. Um, another one that I like that Brian didn't want to put on because the number was a little too high, but you can use my, uh, you know, my, I guess, expertise here. But with no Nikola Jokic for the uh, Denver Nuggets, I think that there's absolutely no way that Yusuf Nurkic doesn't get over nine and a half boards uh, on Tuesday night, just uh, by virtue of, of the matchup. And um, obviously somebody who is able to secure rebounds uh, in his own right. Uh, so as long as he's getting those minutes, we'll see how it goes tonight. Hey, one more thing when it comes to the whole LeBron Isaiah Stewart thing. So LeBron is suspended for one game. Stewart got a two game suspension. Is that the way you thought the suspensions would go? Because I thought they were pretty light. I thought it was pretty light myself, but the thing is there really wasn't any physical contact between the two. There was no physical contact between them and the refs. Um, They de-escalated the situation well 
uh, as far as the security went and as far as the, uh, the, the, their teammates and their coaches did a great job of making sure that nothing bad happened. Uh, you know, it looks more aggressive and reckless when you watch it on replay, but didn't anything really happen other than the initial incident? There was nothing else from that. So I, I think that, yes, you have to show restraint, but at the same time, nothing actually came of it, no matter what, you know, the uh, aftermath or intent of that was. I would not have been surprised if LeBron had actually gotten two games for that. Um because he was the initiator? Because he was the initiator and just how bad it was. Um, but I think typically they give one game, but I would not have been surprised for two. Stewart getting two, it felt light to me because of how much press it got. Because you knew that the the scene was there's a guy bleeding, running out of control, and looking to get his hands on somebody, and he's pushing anybody out of the way that he can. He was photoshopped with the glass breaking. And oh yeah, <laughs> somebody put it with the old Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, coming into the look. There's gonna be a fight. The glass breaks, and here he Stone Cold, you know. Love. But um, it it was just a bad scene that was getting replayed everywhere, and and that's just a bad look on the NBA. And I really thought it could have been justified for five games. But, you know, he got two and, you know, I'm, I'm fine. We haven't heard anybody say like, I haven't heard too much of an outcry saying it was too light or anything like that. But I just, I'm always a little bit heavy handed. I think when it comes to these suspensions, you know, it, it was an emotional thing. I would like to think that people would think twice in the future if something like this unfortunately happens again, but you can't necessarily control that going, wait a second. I don't want to get suspended for five games because somebody got it. So I better control my emotions. It's not the way it works. That's there's a human uh, element. That's a part of this. So agreed. Yeah. Agreed. No, no question. So switching gears, I, I just wanted to move on to this because I found it ironic that we, we snuck this in last week because we were doing overreaction or not about a month into the season. We snuck it in. I think it was like the last point you brought up. You're like overreaction or not. Luke Walton's fired as Kings head coach, you know, in the next, you know, week or two or by all before the all-star. Yeah. 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 And I, I emphatically, emphatically, you could go back, watch the tape, watch the tape. Like Kevin Stefanski says, go watch the tape. I said, hell no. Hell no. They dropped so many games in a row. They had had embarrassing efforts, uh, you know, once again, after, you know, they had a decent start. They really did. Um, I think this was a great move on the part of Monty McNair to uh, just kind of before the ship starts taking all, all the water uh, to, to plug a couple holes, you know, like I still think that they can save their season. I think Alvin Gentry is a tremendous interim head coach. Look at what happened when Lloyd Pierce got the boot from Atlanta last season. When Nate McMillan came on, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals, for goodness sake. Alvin Gentry is really well-respected. He's somebody who's been around the block, can relate to his players. They have talent there. Sacramento has talent. I'm not, I'm not kicking them out of the picture yet. They've got a fine record. I think, I think they're fine. You know, 6-12, and 12, yeah, you're behind the eight ball a little bit, but shoot. I, Marvin Bagley's been playing. Look at that. That relationship's already kind of repaired at the moment. <laughs> but uh, By the way, yeah. did you find it apropos 
that the Kings lose their seventh straight game over the weekend. In that game, a Kings fan literally pukes on the court with the mascot right there because he's so disgusted in the Kings effort, or maybe he had a little bit too much to drink. And the next morning is when Luke Walt is fired. And what's, what's even worse is they had the mascot clean it up. Oh, how do you have your mascot? Why do you have your mascot clean up that mess? Good Lord. Such a microcosm. And the guy was it's laughing such a too. He's just laughing like, ah, he's booting everywhere. <laughs> it's medieval times out here. Oh, but so horrible. I mean, you just mentioned it. They, you know, they, they've dropped, I think they're sixth or seventh in a row, like you said. Um, and that was to the Tobias Harris list, Seth Curry list, Joel Embiid list, Philadelphia 76ers. Usually you get the, the interim coach rub and, and could get a W at home. Um, you know, with all that behind you, but uh, they failed to get the victory on uh, Monday night. Same time, I still like with it, where they're at with with Alvin Gentry uh, as an interim coach. He's better than any interim coach I think uh, that you could get. You know, other than those experienced guys on the sidelines. Um, but I mean, I love their roster. I, st- I still think that they can do good things. Um, you have here that, you know, Kenny Atkinson and Terry Stotts are the favorites to get the job permanently, um, according to those Vegas lines. There are also, you know, other candidates that around the league, I'm sure, will have an opportunity to go to go and, and have that roster. Here you go right here. Kenny Atkinson, four to one. Terry Stotts, five to one. This is all according to betonline.ag. Uh, Kenny Atkinson, four, four to one. Terry Stotts, five to one. Becky Hammond, 11 to 2. Gentry keeping the job, 7 to 1. Darvin Ham, 8 to 1. And I love this one. Doug Christie, 10 to 1, who is a former king, as we know, but he's also on that staff. Um, Will he put his you, hand up every time that somebody makes a bucket? Or, yeah. <laughs> what a reference that is. That's a throwback. For anybody that doesn't know, when Doug Christie played, every time he made a bucket, he, he put his hand up as a, like a little nod to his wife. And that and and Doug could, could fill it up too. He was playing a good some good defense too. Yeah. Uh, just the rest of the candidates: Mike D'Antoni, ten to one; Bobby Jackson, twelve to one; Mark Jackson, twelve to one; Jeff Van Gundy, fourteen to one. Same thing for Stan Van Gundy. Same odds. Interesting enough. Charles Lee, sixteen to one; Sam Cassell, sixteen to one; and Steve Clifford, sixteen to one. Mm. So those are uh, your current odds making. Uh, Choices there. So uh, does Atkinson and Stotts make the most sense to you? Uh, Becky obviously just is a name that stands out because we've been, you know, hoping for her to get a head coaching gig here for a little while now, even though I think she's probably next in line for San Antonio, but um, quite a list. A little correction. The Kings have actually lost four in a row right now. Going into that game, they had lost six of seven. So it wasn't their okay. seven straight losses. So they won a game in between. Of, yeah, they won a game in between. But regardless. What do, Basil? Exactly. But when it comes here, like when it comes to the coaches, I think I think Alvin Gentry is good to, to be uh, an interim coach at least just because he's a veteran presence that people know. Um, I think he got a raw deal to some extent with the Pelicans and Everything that's going on there the last couple of years before, you know, he left that uh, gig before um, Stan Van Gundy came in there. So I think he's a good guy to kind of right the ship or at least, you know, see how the season goes. The only thing that would keep him from getting the permanent job would probably be age. Maybe. Maybe. But that's that's all I can think of. Sure. But 
I don't, I don't know who else would be the best candidate. Like, do you want to go to somebody that's already had, uh, you know, a job, you know, that has some experience? Do you want to go with a newcomer? That's the question. But here's the real question I have, too. I know there's only 30 head coaching jobs in the NBA. So each one can be precious. But do you really want this job because of, you know, what has gone on with the Kings? Like, do you really believe in that front office? Ownership with uh, Vivek has been all over the place from the standpoint of the moves that they have made. The uh, head coaching position has just been kind of, you know, bring a guy in. You don't last long. Here comes the next one up, you know, kind of a thing. It's a revolving door. So I don't know how good of a job that is. Like I said, there's not that many jobs in the NBA overall, but at the same time, it's like, do you really want this one or are you willing to kind of roll the dice and hold out for another one? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and I think you'd have to ask yourself that same question. But at the same time, you, like you said, there's 30 jobs. I mean, it's that's extremely rare. Yeah, extremely rare. And you're so, always going to be the guy that thinks I can make it work. That's what, that's mm-hmm, what these guys no do. No question. Because you no haven't you have an ego. That's how you got to this position in life. You know, you have an ego, and you you're gonna if you're good at your job, you're gonna believe in what you do, and you're gonna say, "Oh, well, look at all the talent there. I can make this work." You got to see. You got to have a marriage between your front office and your and your coach too, and your your CEO, all of them. You know, like. All of them have to be on the same page. That's the very most important part. But for now, I think Alvin Gentry can steer the ship in the right direction. They can get a little bit of morale back. I don't know. Maybe I'm back on on the Kings bandwagon no, because of no, this. But you, I, uh, you shouldn't be, and I shouldn't be either. I mean, I I can't believe I ever picked them before the season. I'm going to keep. Well, I'm not, I'm not keep burying myself, point. but yeah, not to that point because the Minnesota Timberwolves have won four in a row now. They are defending again. Mm-hmm. They are whooping some tail because Cat is in that mode. Jared Vanderbilt, what an insert into that lineup he's been uh, next to Cat. Anthony Edwards, I still, I think I tweeted it last week. I, I think Anthony Edwards is one of my favorite players to see when he heats it up. Um, but you know, I think I think that. Um, they can definitely, you know, contend for the play-in. But I think that Sacramento, by making a move like this, changing leadership a little bit, they can get into the conversation. That's all I'm saying. I think it will help. I think they need a different voice there because Luke was yeah, not working. And, and again, it hadn't worked. He probably should have been excused before the season, but they decided to say, hey, we've had so much instability. Let's Let's try to keep things the same. And this was the time they probably should have made a move. Yeah, and it's before the, the boat, again, is submerged. You know, you can plug up a few holes, like I said. Plug a few holes. But, plug a um, few holes. We'll see if this uh, boat is unsalvageable. <laughs> and by the right. way, even if you get that job, what's the worst thing that happens? It didn't work out and I got fired and I got paid millions of dollars. Oh, no. How about it? How about it? Not not too shabby, right? Not too shabby. Not that anybody isn't trying, but, you know, the mm-hmm. worst case scenario is that you get paid out on a multi-million dollar contract, so. All right, Brian, let's talk about some winning streaks. There, there's a couple, uh, actually a few, uh, that are happening right now in the association. Most notable of which is the Phoenix Suns, 13 in a row. 13 in a row. And what were you saying at the beginning of the season? You know, they probably had a little bit of fatigue coming off of the finals. You had some guys over um, in the Olympics. You know, it's 
it's a lot. There was no hangover coming, you know, like it was just, it's a lot physically to handle. You got to get yourself back into the, the flow of things and man, are they rolling right now? They're playing such good ball, both ends of the floor. It sounds like the biggest cliche in the world, but it's true, man. It really is just looking at the contributions of, of Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges. I love what DeAndre Ayton's doing um, since he's come back from, you know, the injury. Cam Johnson, campaign. I mean, it, it, it really does go one through 15 with them. Like, and it's, it's crazy that it can be that team oriented. JaVale McGee, Landry Shamit, like each of them has had a, a night to themselves. Um, and that goes, you know, all without mentioning the, the head of the snake with, with, Chris, with Chris Paul. Uh, who's taking a step back as far as his his scoring goes, and he's just setting the table for everybody else. Uh, and they keep winning, and, and I'm going to say this right now. You know, their winning streak started against uh, the Cavs, and uh, they actually are in town here on Wednesday night. I unfortunately will not be able to attend. I have some previous things going on, but I will be watching uh, to see whether the Suns continue to rinse that or that's where it ends. <laughs> um, but the, the Suns are playing phenomenal ball right now, and they're climbing up, climbing up, climbing up, and I think they're only a game back of Golden State right now, and that's that's impressive. They've, they've been very impressive, and there's not really much else you can say. Yeah, I mean, the, their next three games are on the road. They're at Cleveland, at the Knicks, and at the Nets, and then they're home for Golden State uh, on uh, next Tuesday. So schedule is not the lightest, but at the same time, I mean, they've beaten some quality opponents, obviously, and, you know, even when you talk about somebody like Chris Paul, like taking, you know, even a step back further when it comes to scoring or some things. I think that is him just kind of pacing himself and he knows what's best for this team right now is get everybody else involved and see if they can take a step forward when it comes to handling the scoring burden for this team. And then when it's needed, he will do it. I mean, right now he doesn't need to do it. So there's no point in overexerting himself. I think they're going to control his minutes a little bit, but I mean, Hey, he is everything that team needs right now. You know, Booker just feels, you know, like a guy that if he wanted to go off, he could, but he understands like there's plenty of other guys that can get buckets on this team. So I will definitely lead this team in scoring usually, but at the same time, I'm happy to uh, make sure others get their shots as well. You get Aiton back in the mix now and he's playing well. So this team seems like it feels once again, like the team that was in the finals last year, maybe even taking that step further. It's the balance, man. It, it really is. It's just the balance of the entire squad. Um, and, and everyone just knows what they're supposed to do. Again, it's cliche. It's so basic, but it's so true. <laughs> like, you just watch the games and, you know, someone sets a screen. Uh, like for, for example, I, I love this, this move that DeAndre Ayton tried the other day. Um, it was just a simple drib, dribble handoff at the nail to Devin Booker. Um, and instead of handing it off to Devin Booker when he had it, in the mid post, uh, he went ahead and put it on the floor, went up and got an and one, uh, you know, Devin Booker coming off screens and he's so quick off of those things. Um, and just turning the corner. He's just so fast with that. Mikel Bridges just should be getting defensive player, uh, all defense first team recognition at this point. Uh, contributions all around contributions all around. And again, it sounds so, elementary to say it like that, but it's, it's true. I mean, and that's the thing though, you keep it basic and you keep doing your role and you keep doing your thing, then you're going to get results. And again, this team knows what it's like to be 
uh, near the mountaintop. They were the second best team in the league last year. They just fell short in the, in the finals. Now they just kind of biding their time and trying to get back right where they were before and ascend it this time. That's all it is. I mean, they're fundamentally sound team. I mean, this is like the Spurs, you know, 10 years ago, except not that the Spurs were boring, but this team probably has a little bit more pizzazz uh, to them. Um, (laughs) But I mean, they're, but they're saying in that kind of same mold when it comes to being just a good fundamental team that doesn't need to do anything overly sexy or flashy or anything like that. And they just go out there they play together great as a team and they get wins. Yep. They're not the only team on a winning streak though. No. There's this, there's this longer than everybody else's. It's 13 games for goodness sake. I think it's the second most in franchise history. Maybe it's the first at this point. I'm not sure. Um, might be able to find out in Tommy beer's power rankings that he just put out uh, Tuesday on basketballnews.com. But there's a couple other winning streaks, as I mentioned. Uh, the first being the Atlanta Hawks, who we we talked about uh, a little bit last week about how, you know, you shouldn't be saying that you're bored with the regular season. You shouldn't be, you know, talking about these things. They had lost DeAndre Hunter, huge piece for them. Now they've won five, five consecutive uh, after their start. And here's the Trey Young's heating up. Here's the. John Collins is heating up. I love what Cam Reddish is bringing to the table. I've been waiting for for this Cam Reddish for a little while um, to to get this consistent playing time and to be this you know big of a contributor um, on the offensive end. Um, he had a pair. Of, he had a 19 point game. He had a 17 point game um, the other night uh, last week. So it, it's just good to see that kind of effort um, out of him on the offensive end. He's always going to be always, always, always going to be a defensive menace. Um, It's just the opportunities. Is he going to get that 25 minutes a night that he has been getting? Uh, And I think with DeAndre Hunter being on the men right now, uh, that's going to happen. By the way, these five games all at home, they defeated Milwaukee by 20. They defeated Orlando by 18, beat Boston by 11, beat Charlotte by 10, and beat OKC by 12. So all of these... um, had large margin of victory too. So that's another thing of note. Um, I'm not going to act like I watched every single game. Maybe there were some that were closer than others. Um, But generally it looks like they're playing a little bit better defense. Clint Capella might be waking up a little bit, which they need uh, because he's such an important presence uh, on the defensive end and on the glass. Um, you know, John Collins, you know, same thing just as a scorer needs to to be, you know, what they signed him up to be. But in that homestand, Clint Capella looked really solid. And I think that that's probably the most important development of that homestand for me. I think this team is just so deep. It's just once again, trying to figure out everybody's role, everybody's touches, you'll make everybody happy kind of a thing. Not that there was bickering or anything like that, but when you've got a team as deep and as talented where there's plenty of guys that can play 25, 35 minutes, it can be tough sometimes to make sure that everybody gets what they need, you know? And I think that's what they've been in the process of figuring out because even last season, you don't like to see injuries, but you know, Deandre Hunter got, you know, banged up last year and missed a lot of games. And, you know, Cam Reddish was missing a lot of games and now those guys are healthy and you've got, you know, between Trey and John Collins and, and uh, Bogdanovich and, you hurt her, 
yeah, even Kevin Herter and trying to get Gallinari now that he's back, you know, it's, it's just trying to fit everybody in and where does everybody work, you know? And I think that's what they were trying to figure out or in the season. And it seems like now they're finally getting on track, you know, and this is more of the Hawks team that, that I thought we'd see because I thought the Hawks and maybe they still will, they've got a little ground to make up, but I, I really thought they'd be, you know, a top three team in the East this year. And a lot of people did. Uh, they're, they're sitting there at 500 now though. So, you know, again, plenty of season for a lot of these teams, plenty of season for a lot of these teams. Oh yeah. And, and you know, what, what else do we expect with the Milwaukee Bucks? You know, the Milwaukee Bucks have now won four in a row themselves. Uh, they're six and zero when they have Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday all in the lineup. Big freaking surprise, right? Right. Um, and they go out and they absolutely bonk the Lakers. Uh, no matter what that final score was, that was a bonking. <laughs> um, they, Look what they did to the Orlando Magic. And I was going to say yesterday oh. on Monday night, the poor Magic. Oh my God, they were missing Cole Anthony. Don't get me wrong, Cole Anthony. But they were down here. fifty in that game. 50. But they were down fifty. Yeah, they were down fifty. It was almost like uncle, uncle, uncle. Like um, Robin Lopez looked not too happy, by the way, in that game. But um, no, uh, they did play the Magic twice. They beat them both times. The the, the second time, as you said, was just not as pretty. Um, and you know, the, the schedule is then, you know, not, you know, not, not easy, but not as hard as it could be. Uh, no. And Drew Holiday's still not time. even playing that great. I mean, Holiday's yeah. still shooting under 40%. You know, he's only getting what 13 and a half points per game right now. I mean, he's far from his a game, but you know, the team's starting to come on. They are, they are starting to come along and you know, what else, what else do you expect at this point? I mean, it's the same. It's basically the same group. It's the same group, like without PJ Tucker. <laughs> like that's really yeah. what it is. And adding George Hill into there. No, Shemi Ojale has gotten you know some significant minutes. Um, you know before he got got hurt with the calf injury. So I think that the defending champs should be taken very seriously. Um, you might catch him napping here and then uh, because it is the regular season, but. Uh, it's it's good to see Chris Middleton getting back and getting his wing back and and um, you know playing to to what he's supposed to be playing at, uh, not taking quite as many shots as usual, uh, but that's probably because you know Grayson Allen's been you know had his own um, you know success that he the, he's had. So again, no panic buttons or anything in in the third week of November, um, but they they've gotten it going just as well as. Uh, Atlanta has, and you know, even Charlotte's gotten it going because they're starting to play a little defense now. Um, really like, and this might be an interesting uh, point for some, but you know, with PJ Washington, you know, getting injured here and there, I, I've really liked what I've seen out of Nick Richards on that team um, coming off the bench. Uh, you know, all everyone, everyone's going to look at the sexy stuff like Lamelo and Miles Bridges as they should. Um, but just, you know, corner of my eye, I think Nick Richards has given them some really big minutes uh, off the bench as a big man. And I think he uh, deserves a little bit of recognition for that. Um, I, I think that uh, they have just a really good chemistry. They just beat Washington in D.C. I think that's a big win for them uh, to come out, especially LaMelo, not a great start in the first quarter, comes out and looks awesome. I mean sometimes the, the analysis just goes to that. Like somebody who can pass the ball, like he can. 
uh, somebody who's really good in transition, who continues to play the game even when you have a bad start. I think that's a really mature part of what that win was for them. Um, what kind of weird dimension are we living in when you say a team went into Washington and got a win? And it's a big win. It was only their second uh, loss of the year at home. Exactly. I mean, how yeah. weird is that that we're talking about Washington right now? I mean, we still got a long way to go in the season, but. I mean, for them to to have the season that they've had, yes, and you do, and you deserve it too. So, (laughs) but I mean, they, I mean, that they've exceeded your expectations to this point so far as well. Well, yes, absolutely. Um, and but, but just quickly before you know, we get to that, uh, Charlotte had lost five in a row, looked like they were really starting to downturn, and now they've won six out of seven and uh, are at 11 and eight. So that East, man, that you see, you think you know, you think you know, that thing is going to be. You don't. It, it, it's going to be Indiana. fluctuating. Look what Indiana just did to Chicago in yes. Chicago. I, I really think that, man, it, the East standings are going to fluctuate all year. There it's are be, 13 teams with at least eight wins, Brian. Yeah. That's nuts, it, dude. It, it's going to be really, really, really tight. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, w- I would have to agree with you there, man. I would have to agree with you there. So, uh, Unfortunate news also that came out on, I believe it was uh, Sunday or uh, Monday, actually. Um, Michael Porter Jr. has a, a nerve issue in his back. And uh, if, if the reports by Mike Simmer, the, the singer of the Denver Post, are correct, this could be a season-ending threatening injury uh, for Michael. And one, that's tough to hear. Uh, if you're the Nuggets, because you want to see him out there, you want to see him growing as a player. Uh, two, I'm thinking to myself, good for Michael Porter Jr. to get the contract that he did, to earn the contract that he did, because if this is a career-altering injury, I think that this is another point that we're not really talking about. If this is a career-altering injury, then he got himself uh, some financial security in that situation. When you look at it from the organizational side, you're thinking, oh, no. We have so much money committed to this guy and his back problems are well-documented since he was in college. Now you're thinking to yourself, Oh boy, what have we done? Uh, Should we have given him this much money? Um, I'm pro player. So I'm glad that Mike got his, his, his bag. Um, But there's no doubt to the financial commitment that the nuggets made uh, to this man. Now we'll see, you know, maybe he'll be able to, to get, get it fixed or get through it or whatever. But we, as soon as you talk about nerve damage, that's, that's some, some tough stuff, especially when you have to move on a basketball court for 35 plus minutes on a nightly basis. It's not, it's not easy to come back from. And even if you get a year off, who knows if you get back to the same ever. It's really scary because, like you said, he's had so many back problems before that hoping that he got past it other than just like little things here and there. And then to hear something like a nerve damage, I mean, that's that's really bad. And, I mean, from a team standpoint, to not have him there, I mean, they're already missing Jamal Murray. And, you know, they don't know when they're going to get him back. You know, it's going to be sometime, you know, next year. But he's going to be gone for most of the season. And then – to miss their young up and coming star, you know, as well. I mean, that, that could totally tank the season and beyond. Yeah. And it, it really does hurt. Um, I mean, you get opportunity for, you know, guys like Will Barton, 
uh, to step up maybe in that, in that three spot, or, uh, you know, you signed Jeff green for a reason, right. You know, and, and that's good to have that kind of insurance, but you're not getting your 20 to 25 points a game from those guys. I don't think like that's, that's real tough. You're asking a lot out of Aaron Gordon, who by the way is, you know, played pretty solid. Um, when healthy, he's actually, he's actually looked quite good. Um, and Denver is still there at, you know, nine and eight, obviously with Nicole Jokic being Nicole Jokic. And by the way, the, the, the hits keep coming for this team. Nicole Jokic just continues. I, I know he's hurt right now, but he, he just continues to, to go above and beyond uh, for the nuggets and keep them moving and keep them, them rolling. But uh, just a, just a terrible break for this team, terrible break for Michael Malone, who, you know, has done a, an excellent job of, of making this team into a, a, a perennial contender. Um, you just, you just hope that it doesn't, you know, tank their season too terribly. Um, and you hope that Jamal Murray gets back and healthy to them. And maybe in that case, at least, uh, they'll be able to to salvage, you know, what is left of the schedule. And I think they will. I don't think that they're going to fold. They're not that type of team. Um, but yeah, terrible break, terrible break all around. Yeah. It's just, it's just tough. You it, Injuries are always hard, but when you start losing your star players, it's really, really hard. I mean, you you find out very quickly how much star players mean and we're talking about a guy that's, you know, just starting off on a, a major contract extension. I mean, they, they have gone all in committing to him. And if this is something that is going to be something he has to deal with the rest of his career, if this is something that major, I mean, it, it's really going to damage the nuggets. I mean, you, you don't like injuries. You want to see the player come back and you want to see him perform at a high level. But when you look at it from a team you know, standpoint as well, I mean, that, that could really damage the Nuggets, you know, immediate future. No question. No question. And from, from one player who got his contract extension to another one who didn't um, in a season-ending surgery now uh, for a Colin Sexton of the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, left meniscus tear that happened in New York uh, a few weeks ago. We've now found out he's elected to go with surgery, had the surgery successful, uh, but he will miss the rest of the season. Feel terrible. Feel, feel terrible for for Bull One because uh, even when the chain the, the team changed the way it did um, as far as structurally and offensively, um, he's bought in 100. He never was gonna pout after he didn't get his rookie extension. All about the team. Always first one in the gym, last one to leave. And as cliche as it sounds, it's the truth. Kid was back last year after a five game road trip from the West Coast at 3 a.m. in the morning, getting shots up. Um, he, you'll never find a harder worker than him. Um, I really hope that in this off season, he'll be able to, uh, sign a deal where he can prove himself and, and re up his value, um, in the off season of 2023, um, and get himself a contract, but it's just a terrible break for bowl. It obviously hurts the Cavs. If you've seen the Cavs, they've dropped four in a row. There have been many times in uh, the fourth quarter, Colin Sexton is one of the clutchest players um, over the last three years in the NBA. If you look at the numbers, uh, he's in like the top 15 or something. Uh, it's situations where the Cavs could have used uh, a bucket getter, a bucket getter in these situations where uh, the offense is bogged down. Don't, no one knows what to do. Somebody who can create his own shot, create his own momentum to the basket. That's Colin. That's what Colin does. It's what, what Colin's done in his, his whole career. Um, 
so uh, they're they're definitely missing him. But just personally, as you know, I've known both for a while now, and uh, you know, just heartbroken to see him, you know, off on the sidelines, and it's got to be real tough on him because uh, he is the gym rat of all gym rats, um, and this is this is obviously tough uh, for him to go through, and hopefully the team and and then everybody showing support to him. So before we get out of here, I guess we got to ask this question. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Who's making you food or are you, or are you cooking? Okay. So, uh, you, you know, I've been on my, my chef right now. I've been, I've been doing my hello fresh. I've been doing my, you know, my meal kits and whatnot. You probably bragged to me about this uh, detailed meal that you had last week. I don't put them on my sports account. You know, I've got my other account that I don't talk about uh, strictly for that, that, uh, those meals just to, to show off, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm going to do any prep for Thanksgiving. No, uh, you know, me Padre, he's going to put on the, uh, the smoked Turkey. He's going to wrap it in bacon as usual. Always good. You know, well, maybe cheesy potatoes, maybe some asparagus, obviously some stuffing, Probably going to be some Christmas sales involved in that. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to the three-game slate of NFL action. There will be no NBA um, on Thanksgiving. So um, that portion itself, I think that is, is going to be really fun. You know what I'm looking forward to, Brian, actually, uh, that is basketball-related is the day after Thanksgiving. We are going to see the top two prospects in the 2022 NBA draft go head-to-head. We're going to see Paolo Banchero versus Chet Holmgren, Gonzaga versus Duke. That I will have front and center on my television screen on Friday. That look, that sounds really fun. I, I've seen one game of Paolo Banchero, and I was really excited and, and came away really impressed. I've watched Chet Holmgren, uh, you know, some mixtapes. I saw him at the USA uh, Juniors, U19s, uh, in the Olympics over the summer. Haven't really watched too much of him in Gonzaga yet. I'll get an opportunity to do. but. Just having a one versus the two, um, and that's the that, that's the same way on uh, Matt Bab- Matt Babcock's uh, big board on on basketballnews.com. He's got Paolo Banchero number one. He's got Chet Holmgren number two. So pay attention to that one, guys. That one's gonna be fun. Nice. Yeah, I've got other people doing the cooking for me as well, and then um, I will watch uh, my football team lose on Thanksgiving, and then uh, immediately fire their head coach. So uh, happy Thanksgiving! I'm all to on all Andy Dalton. I'm stacking Andy Dalton. Going with the red rifle. Going with the red rifle. Okay. But uh, I will enjoy a day of uh, football, and then uh, I'll be watching uh, that college game the next day, like you said, like uh, you mentioned. But I will also on uh, Friday be watching the war on I-4. UCF versus USF. It's Woo-hoo. the UCF Knights, my team out of Orlando, the USF South Florida Bulls out of Tampa. Alex Kennedy's South Florida Bulls. Yes, maybe. it is the war on I-4 because those two teams are separated by about an hour between Orlando and Tampa, just on Interstate 4. It's an annual tradition. They play every Black Friday now, and I can't wait to kick their head in once again. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Actually, a big one, too. I think, uh, isn't Cincy and Houston also on Friday? Uh, it sounds right. Yeah. Which would be huge because Houston, I believe is in the top 20 and since he's obviously playing for its playoff hopes after Oregon got smacked up last week. So, sure. uh, yeah, that's like, that's college football for you guys that, uh, don't, 
don't get that. But that, that's all. That's all the time we have. This we week. get a day off from the NBA on Thanksgiving. Everybody can enjoy themselves, enjoy the meals, enjoy a little football, and then right back to some pro hoops. Right back to it. Right back to it. Enjoy Chet. Enjoy Paolo. That's that's what I'm gonna say right there. That that that's what I'll be watching. You enjoy your Warren I four. But that's all the time we have today on Keeping It 94. Like to remind you, we are on Twitter. I'm at Spin Davies. I'm on Instagram at Spin Davies. He is on Instagram at it's Brian Fritz. He is on Twitter at Brian Fritz. We are part of the basketballnews.com podcast network. Got other great podcasts for you to listen to. The Dunker Spot with Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones Jr. The Alex Kennedy podcast with Alex Kennedy. The rematch with Aton Thomas, Dishes and Dimes with the ladies, and of course, Nothing But Bets with Evan Sidery. It's our newest podcast on basketballnews.com, a daily gambling podcast hosted, once again, like I said, by Evan Sidery. He also does Nothing But Bets picks every week, uh, sponsored by Prize Picks. So make sure you go and read those because he'll give you all the power plays to make the most money. That's how you got to do it. Make sure you leave a comment, subscribe, rate, do all that do that for this for us too, please, because we want to keep you entertained and keep your ears a buzzing. Keep it at 94. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure you check out basketballnews.com. Until we meet again, everybody enjoy your holiday and the weekend. And uh, one last thing for me too, uh, to our uh, COO of basketballnews.com, uh, one giant, huge uh, team up North fam. A hearty O-H-I-O to you, Mr. Hale. We'll see you after Victory Monday next week.